Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me is Jeremy Finestone. We're contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. Thank you very much for joining us here live on YouTube and later on, either on uh, the YouTube clips there, the Fight Game Media feed, or on our podcast feed. Either one, we're very happy you've joined us. So, we have had a few shows, mostly house shows, but Jeremy, it's been a week of uh, a lot of news, a lot of things going on with New Japan wrestlers all over the world involved with the company, outside the company. It's a busy time. I feel like it's been a month since I talked to you last week. Everything yeah. has happened. There's like a slideshow of different news, different things to be talking about here or there. We, uh, I thought we were going to have like eight shows we were going to have to watch, and then I went to the New Japan World schedule. And that's a whole new Japan world is a whole different beast right there. Yeah. But realizing that there's only three shows to watch this week, uh, instead of four or five that I thought we were. And then the next couple weeks, we only have one show every Sunday until the 24th. And, uh, we are, we're getting trolled by new Japan world before they launch into a new world of new Japan. And of course, we're going to be talking about the changes to New Japan World, and it could be a big uh, difference in the way we watch the uh, programming. And, and for some people, in, in other ways, I don't think it's going to change too much. But for for some folks, like me, for instance, I'm very excited about what they have uh, announced coming up. We're going to tell you talking about that. We'll talk about the three shows that did air on New Japan World over this past weekend. But you're right, a lot of these Road to Destruction house shows, which are mostly multi-man preview tags uh, are not going to be on New Japan World. They're scaling that back a little bit. Uh, but we are getting some, and we're getting some important ones. And uh, we're getting the big stuff. We're getting the big matches. Most of the house shows that are not on World are strictly top-to-bottom uh, preview tags with uh, a th young lion singles match thrown in at the beginning. So I uh, just wanted to say... Play into the bleachers. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, Colin is here with us live, of course. Colin, good to see you, sir. Glad you're here with us. And uh, he has already he's already chiming in, which uh, and he mentions he makes a good point here. Uh, Josh Alexander teaming with the Motor City Machine Guns is going to be great. Yeah, I have thoughts about that, but we'll get there later. We will get there. And we have uh, as you can see, if you can see us on YouTube, if you're on the podcast feed, our uh, our screen here has Eddie Kingston on it. And that is because I mean, do we start that? Let's start with Eddie. Let's start with Eddie, because uh, his schedule. Uh, as the NJPW strong champion has taken some very interesting twists and turns, hasn't it? Because yeah. he has a monster of a match coming up in New York for AEW that involves the NJPW strong title that he won uh, a couple of months ago. So uh, let's talk about that. It looks like he has a title versus title match against Claudio Castagnoli that also involves the ROH title. So, uh, okay, so this is next Wednesday. So, this is six days from now. And this is interesting because this is the first of what appears to be four title defenses um, that he has uh, announced via New Japan. So, this is the first. There is one for Defy with Rocky and Romero that we'll get to. There, he has announced as a New Japan strong openweight champion announced for Royal Quest on the in October. And then he uh there is evidence that he is going to be facing Hanare at uh Vegas on October twenty eighth. Yeah, I saw that too. Well you got a bat flying in there? We, no, we have a storm. There's actually a storm. It, oh, no. it has we are in the middle of a horrendous summertime heat wave and drought here. It has oh. been 
over 100 degrees Fahrenheit for a reckon uh, number of days here in Texas. And we actually have a little bit of rain coming and lightning. So if the power <laughs> suddenly goes away, if I vanish, if I'm holding it down by myself, guys, uh, I will be back I've as done soon my as homework this week. <laughs> but let me tell you something. My, my lawn is crunchy, literally crunchy with uh, the, with the lack of rain. So we are more than happy to get a little bit of it here, but uh, yeah, that was just a big flash of lightning and uh, <laughs> a little bit of a blink in, in the front yard spot. right there. Jeez. Well, I have a little bit of battery life in my laptop here, but I don't know if it's going to carry us through a full show. So pardon okay, me on so that. We're Go good. We have four title matches. This is the first. This is arguably the biggest. Mm-hmm. But with everything else announced and Eddie Kingston holding a title for another promotion, I am incredibly skeptical that he loses this match. Yeah, I it just, feels like I he's going to win it. And keep in mind, he's from Yonkers, New York. This match yeah. is taking place in Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is in Queens, New York City. Yeah. And uh, so this is the one that they do in the tennis stadium where they have the finals and the big matches of the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. I believe it's the third year in a row they've come to Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, the first year they packed it out. Last year, not so much. We'll see what they do this year. But uh, title versus title, a New Yorker in New York in a big match. It uh, feels like we might be seeing the ROH world champion as part of New Japan show. Yeah, I think that's incredibly likely. Uh, one of the things people are talking about is, do you think they're going to dangle that carrot until Ring of Honor final battle in December? Mm. And I would say no. Because what you can do instead is at some point, Eddie can lose the strong title later on. Sure, that's fine or whatever. But he'll still have the Ring of Honor championship. And Claudio can then go to him and say, you beat me once and it was a fluke. I don't think you can do it again. And then they have that blow off that, yeah, Eddie's done it twice. He's on your level. Uh, Let's bury the hatchet here. Uh, we've done the business with each other. I think that's a way better way of doing it is having him have a big win here and then follow it up with Claudio being like, hey, you know what? Prove to me it wasn't a fluke. It's an interesting thing because apparently the heat between these two in real life is indeed real or at least was. Uh, there was a problem with these two. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Claudio in, in previous incarnations in Ring of Honor, I guess, didn't get Chikara. along personally. And Shakara, pardon me. Yeah, Shakara, yeah. Yeah, I so, didn't get along personally. Uh, and it, it's fascinating, Jeremy, just because this is an example of how you can be a friggin' professional and work with somebody you don't necessarily <laughs> care for, do big business off it, and maybe at the end build a little bit of mutual respect. What a concept. I, I tell you, after this <laughs> is over, I swear to God, I never want to hear about this ever again. I ne- yeah. I, this feud, they have, they have squeezed the blood from the stone. It has been awesome. It is heating up into overdrive. If Eddie wins on Wednesday, it's going to be fantastic. If they do the follow-up match at Ring of Honor Final Battle where anything can go and either person can win, I think there are stakes there that uh, emotionally resonant. But when that is done, please, God, please be over with it. Well, I think it could. I think it should be. And I mean, to be keep in mind, we don't even know that the, that heat still exists. I mean, they might have buried yeah. the hatchet months and months ago. And uh, But they've been working well together. It's an interesting storyline. And it could weave its way into New Japan there. So, yeah, that's the first one. And then uh, you mentioned the Rocky Romero stuff. Do you want to get into that one next? Or Yeah. So this is where I'm like, hmm, I really don't think Eddie Kingston is losing to uh, Claudio, and here's why. Rocky Romero is like the consigliere of New Japan Pro Wrestling USA. 
he's not going to book himself into a match, a title match that is going to end up not being a title match because that makes him look like he's not able to do his job, both booking and working with other companies. So this is a New Japan match at a Defy promotion. Defy, if you remember, was the belt that Kenta had been holding through the G1. And Sorry. so they've had developed a relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're paying it off here. And I think we're in for a really good match here, but I'd also see Eddie Kingston, you know, continuing that reign there. And just to continue with the interweaving of all these wrestling promotions, Rocky Romero is still the CMLL uh, historic right. middleweight champion too, and the top heel. In, uh, and, and we're going to talk about that because there's a New Japan presence at the 90th anniversary of CMLL coming up tomorrow night, which we're going to get into. And uh, he's, yeah, and he's been announced. Now, we, we don't have any matches for Royal Quest 3 at the Cover mm -hmm. Box Arena, but we have several names that are going to be appearing on the show. I know Doki Grab and... A couple. Uh, here after we get through the Eddie stuff, so that'll be yeah, fun we'll run through them. But Eddie Kingston is one of them, which means he will be, uh, and we assume it's going to be a title defense. I don't know why else you'd bring him. And uh, I mean, you could do a tag, but you could do a you? tag or whatnot. But they're advertising him as the strong open weight champion. And yeah. if either you're going to have a title match or whatever, it just kind of seems like we are. If you could read tea leaves, I would bet strongly in one direction so we have the show we're talking about next wednesday the defy show is september 25th this one here at royal quest is october 14th and we also know that he is going to be appearing on uh the show in las vegas on october 25th which we assume is going to be the hanare defense finally of course he and hanare assaulted one another uh at the uh, g1 uh final weekend and that is uh, expected to be uh, October 28th. There in as Vegas. official as you could make it without making it official. New Japan Pro Wrestling Global. After Eddie Kingston and Hari traded post-match tats, a challenge has been issued for the open weight title on October 28th in Las Vegas. Here are the tickets. So right. yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's like pretty it. good. <laughs> It's about as close as you can come to announcing it without announcing it. And John LaRocca mentions uh, John LaRocca uh, from Fight Game Media Network, and we're, we're very glad to have yeah. you watching, John. Thank you. Uh, he said Eddie should win. It's not like the ROH title will do much for Eddie, but him winning on a big show like that does. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it helps with that hometown pop. Uh, it's the continuation of that Eddie Kingston-Blackpool Combat Club conflict, which you know, I got to think eventually ends up with he and Moxley going at it again. Uh, you know, there's, it's just a step in the right direction. It makes a ton, ton of sense for Eddie to win that match. And uh, yeah. I just don't see anything happening before November with that title change uh, with him. There isn't, there isn't enough going on right now with his title that uh, a worthy adversary has come up that I, I, I think is like, Hmm. This guy could beat Eddie Kingston. About six months ago, there was a lot bigger list of people that you say, hmm, I think this guy could beat Eddie Kingston. But as we have gone through this summer and he has elevated his stock both through the G1 and his respect in AEW with other people leaving, him just kind of keeping his head uh, you know, above water, if you will, uh, I, I think it's time to reward Eddie Kingston in a number of ways, and this is the time to do it. There you have it. So we'll see how that turns out for, but and then the good news for fans 
of uh, New Japan is, I mean, we're going to be seeing Eddie a lot. I, I'm happy about that. I, I like Eddie's work. I think he's uh, meshed very well with New Japan. I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. So uh, we had a couple other people announced for the Royal Quest, as you mentioned. I grabbed mm-hmm. two of them, but I don't know if you have more than that. Let's see, well, El Desperado definitely is one of them there for October 14th, the Copper Box, and Bushi uh, announced uh, thus far. And, you know, there, there's been noise about... Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. possibly challenging the winner of this Yoda Suji mm-hmm. uh, Will Ospreay match. So I would expect the Brits uh, in, in attendance there in some shape or form there at Royal Quest 3. But again, not officially announced, probably more for storyline reasons than Okay, so let's any think about this. Race. Let's think about this. If that is in fact the match, that means in two weeks Zack Sabre will potentially have a match with Brian Danielson and then Will Ospreay. And he is not arguably considered one of the best wrestlers in the world, just the best technical wrestler in the world. <laughs> well, I, I think I think most people would put him on the list if they've seen him. Uh, I don't know. The There's a the PWI 500, and that one was dicey today. <laughs> Did you see the I'm Naito's a not salty about some of the number, some of the names. Tetsuya Naito. I, I'm sure Tetsuya Naito came in at 501. <laughs> 500 right. he was the he's not in the, the not in the top 500 apparently in the world number i'm sure he's number 501 uh that thing has meant nothing for right, a very right. Long time. by the way uh i worked for very briefly i was a referee for a promotion out of indianapolis and uh do you know what it takes to get your top star in the uh, pwi 500 you can write a fake profile and fax it in in the in those days it was a fax and uh it got uh don the check for 50 dollars as well I don't remember if there was a check involved. It might have been, but it but it was uh, it was a, it was a fax. It was a fax with a bunch of made up stuff on it. The guy came in at number three hundred eighty two. So there you have it. So uh, PWI hasn't meant anything for a very long time, but uh, keeping it in real, that, keeping it real good. But yeah, Tetsuya and Naito, you think there would at least be a, like someone would have a checklist or something? I, I not my problem. And I, I haven't cared about that in a very long time. I care less about I care less about the PWI 500 than I do about star ratings. It's it, it, to engage conversation. It got me to engage in clickbait, and it engaged us in about 90 seconds of conversation here. Yeah, Mission accomplished. Let's move on. Now this is Osprey at 17 is bonkers, but you're right. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean it. It means nothing. It really, it really, it honestly, God means nothing. So. <laughs> uh, but Zack Saber Jr. is going to be wrestling Brian Danielson. And it's going to be October 1st at Wrestle Dream for AEW. Brian Danielson mentioned that he is uh, talking about winding down his career. Now, I'm taking all of this with a grain of salt because, my goodness, I have heard enough people say that I'm going to wrestle for another year or two. And, I, and uh, I, you know, I think that uh, a lot of guys say that for 10 years straight, uh, just like back when the uh, annual Rolling Stone farewell tour uh, they used to do. And finally, they gave up and just said, we're not retiring. We're just not going to do it. Uh, they just put on a new album, for the love of God. And so I feel like this is going to happen with Danielson. And now, to be fair, Danielson, ha- Danielson has not said he's stopping wrestling entirely. Yeah. He just said he's going to slow down. So what I'm the point I'm trying to make with all that is get the dream matches in when you can. Don't you can overthink this stuff and say, well, we got to do this, that, and the other thing, and then make people wait for it for a year, and then we'll do it in, in a year and do it over here. If there's one thing we've learned in the past couple of years is that these older guys, CM Punk, Danielson, some of the other guys, they can get hurt at any time. Things can happen at any time. Get the match in the ring. This is one we have been aching to see. Zack Sabre Jr. basically won the... The original Forbidden Door. That was supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen a couple of times, I think. And then the the bottom line is like what... uh, 
it's a Brian Danielson award in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter <laughs> Awards that Zach won every year for a good long time. So it's about time we saw these people square off. I'm excited about it. Uh, it looks like Danielson is starting to knock a few things off of his bucket list here. This is one of them. Tokyo Dome is allegedly one of them. Just saying. And, uh, you know, we got uh, we got this. We got the two best technical wrestlers in the world, Danielson and Zach Sabre Jr., October 1st for Wrestle Dream. And, of course, uh, Tony Khan worked Inoki into up to this pay-per-view. So there is a Work new Inoki in there, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think someone told him on the way to the press conference that Inoki died All that right. day. But, uh, you know, that, that, I don't know how much Tony pays attention to that. But nevertheless, we got a New Japan presence here. We also think uh, Will Ospreay and perhaps Bishamon could be there. Those are the New Japan stars that are not booked for October 1st. Who would you put Will Ospreay in this match for with, or in this show with? Oh, jeez. Uh, great question think of who that could be i mean he's he's been tied up with don Callis and uh, all that so maybe somebody that don is one of the people that you Don's know what would be with. really fun and i don't think that they would ever do it hmm. is that they should put osprey and aussie open against the acclaimed for the trio <laughs> title could have them win it <laughs> wouldn't hold my breath on that one but. no oh, i wouldn't it? hold my breath either but it sounds like an awesome idea who do you think will will end up in there with uh, I don't really know. It just like I'm not 100 percent sure he's gonna be on the show as much as no. we like as yeah. much as we'd like to see it happen. Uh, Osprey and Moxley is possible for the international title potentially, mm. but I don't really want Osprey challenging for a title and losing, especially mm. with the mega push of beating both Jericho and Omega on big, big, big shows. So whoever he beats, he, wherever he faces, he should potentially beat in my mind. But I'm worried. I'm worried they're going to do the thing. Well, now Jericho has to get his win back. Jericho does no, not need to get his Jericho's win back. Jericho's got a completely different like trajectory at this point with oh, yeah, Andy Guevara and all that. I think, I think that's all, that's all kind of done. So I'm very curious. I'm more likely to see him in like a multi-man match than be the focus because I think Danielson and, and, and Zack Sabre Jr. is very clearly trying to be positioned as one of the top matches. But they do 11 matches and they do about five or six singles matches. So, you know, we got three singles matches so far. And the only other thing I want to ask you is because it's adjacent to New Japan, Brian Danielson. From this point on until all in next year, I'm going to give you an over-under of 20 matches. Do you think that he does 20 matches from here to all in, including in New Japan? 20? I mean, I would take, I would, oh boy, 20. It's a good number. (laughs) It's a very good number. I would come in just below. I'll take the under, but only slightly, uh, because I do think they like to save him for a little more special occasions than that 20 between now and all in next year would mean every other week he's wrestling at least once. I don't think he'll probably have that heavy a schedule. Uh, I think he'll be on AEW TV. Well, no, but he, you know what? Wait a minute. Let me think about this. Cause now he's, he's well, there's 12 pay-per-views now too. And he needs to, yeah. You know what? I'll take the over because also with punk gone, he is one of the faces of collision at least until this deal is up. So I think he'll probably wrestle more on collision uh, so than they were originally intending. Let's put it that I'm way. I'm going to take the under, and I think it's going to be circumstantial based off of injuries that, you know, matches oh, are going to get pushed, by, pushed back here, there, everywhere. 
But moving on after that, I think that we are at a position where we're going to be seeing less than 10 matches by Brian Danielson, maybe even five matches or less from here on out. Per- Who's going to headline collision then? I don't know. It's the problem for a year from now. No, it's not. It's a problem right friggin' now. <laughs> I mean, he, he, as far as I know, he's a problem doing a lot right of, freaking he's now. doing a lot of the backstage stuff for uh, Collision. So there's a lot of his vision in there right now. And there's nothing to say that he can't be running the show behind the scenes without doing it and being there yeah. and not wrestling. I have so. a feeling he's put, and, and I don't mean this in an egocentric way, but I think it would be challenging if football continues to beat the living tar out of the ratings for that thing that uh, he starts going in there more often to try to keep ratings up a little bit. Colin's asking, has Tony realized the stardom also has a show as the same day? He doesn't care. Yeah, I agree, uh, Jeremy. I don't think, and uh, for Colin, I don't think he's interested uh, that much in stardom talent. Yeah, and, just- and it's just, remember, he still thinks it's 2018 when it comes to New Japan. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, he still thinks that New Japan is Tanahashi, Suzuki, and Ishii. If, so, as much as, like, New Japan right now is extending its roots and making partners everywhere, AEW is very singular with their partnerships at, at certain levels. Like, at a top level, it is New Japan with a little bit of DDT and a little bit of, like, Joshi stuff going on in Japan. And then after that, like, they burn their bridges with Impact. You don't ever see any cooperation with them anymore. And all the other, like, all the other companies, like Defy and a couple of those other places. But other than that, AEW isn't exactly the most, like, indie promotion-friendly federation out there, is the best way I put it. Yeah, and also, I think AEW with if if what i'm hearing that kenny is going more into the women's division of aew like he was early and then he moved away from it for a while if he's going back in that sounds more like tokyo joshi pro that that's who he's worked with and he's brought in uh well it wasn't very impressive but he's brought in some of that tj uh, pw talent uh if you want to call it that some of that stuff like the the one uh the woman who sang and did some of the weakest uh, offense anyone's ever seen uh, as she was singing her way to the ring during a match. It, it, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't turn out that way. Like I said, the women's division in AEW has been a problem for a while. We are and still... Putting Kenny few, Omega back in charge doesn't bode well for that direction. Either. We are still a few obstacles and hurdles away from seeing stardom women doing wrestling on big cards for AEW, let alone New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. so there are some barriers that we're going to have to get past before mm-hmm. we're at a point that we are looking at a fully fleshed out women's division that is a worldwide collection of the best women talent out there. And we're losing talent, it sounds like, with Jade. So, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a shuffling world over in AEW. That's mentioning if Jade Cargill, by the way, just as a little aside, we've got time here. It's, mm-hmm. you know, if Jade Cargill going to WWE, she's. I think it's might be the best thing for her because yeah, she's not a great wrestler. She's a good, she's a fantastic personality. She looks like a zillion dollars, but she's not a good wrestler. The only way you get better is working with people that are better than you. And you're going to get a lot more of that in WWE because the, 
talent roster there is so much better than it is in AEW that wrestling other mediocre wrestlers in AEW isn't going to make her better, but getting more matches against better wrestlers in WWE could. I'm not saying that that's how it's going to go or that they're going to know what to do with her because they've botched people that you would think were can't misses before. But, you know, then nevertheless, I, I think for her, I understand if she wants to work a tougher schedule, get more matches against better people, then WWE is absolutely the correct move for her. So, I'll tell you what, I uh, I do a guest spot on the wrap every so often. I'm going to I'm gonna pull one from the chamber over there. Mm-hmm. Have Jade be the one to beat Becky Lynch over an NXT and have her just hold the title for a year and get some seasoning down in NXT. Pay her whatever she wants to work in NXT for a year. Get under her, get it under, yeah. get her ready. And yeah. then have her come back up and then do that other match with Becky on, on the get back. But if you wait three months, have, you know, Jade be a surprise, like open challenge at a pay-per-view, like a PLE or whatever on Peacock, mm -hmm. have her win and just have her like queen of NXT for <laughs> just a full year. You could not go wrong. Well, and Tiffany Stratton's probably ready to go up. Pretty soon, right? And so I mean, you, you can make you can make room for her. And Colin says, "I'll let you off with the Maki Ito slander, Stephen." Well, I appreciate that. I was unimpressed with the. Did, did you uh, did you catch that NXT news the other day that Becky Lynch beat her and yeah. is the new NXT champion? Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was saying there there yeah. may there's room for her there if they want to do that. And Stratton's probably ready to move up. But anyway, I, all these things, all this to say that I don't expect stardom to be a big part of AEW going forward. And I don't really expect, I'm hoping that stardom becomes a bigger part of New Japan. I'm not really seeing that. Destruction in Rio Goku seems like a great place for an IWGP women's title defense. And Mayu Iwatani is nowhere to be found there. And, you know, that, that's something that could have been worked out months ago, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, again, it just doesn't feel like this is a priority anymore. Or if it ever was, I don't know. Like the IWGP women's title has never been what we were hoping it would be when it comes to stardom wrestlers appearing regularly on big new japan shows i'm sure they're going to be part of kingdom uh and you know some other things but then they created this second title that they kind of made the one that goes to the united states they put this thing on iwatani and it doesn't seem to have a whole lot to do with new japan it's uh, it's it's puzzling to me the whole thing is puzzling i feel like everything went sideways when mercedes monet got that foot injury yeah. and uh you know, all of a sudden things just got deprioritized because they didn't think that they could make as much money with who was available. So I got a question for you at this crossroads here, Stephen Conway. Do you want to talk about New Japan World because we were already talking about streaming or do you want to talk about the additions to the Las Vegas card? Well, there is. A, let's go into New Japan World. We have a couple of things here and, and a couple of comments, too, that I want to get to. John LaRocks is bringing Tiffany up to the main roster. I'm with John. She needs another year or two in NXT. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But she can I, be I down there doing her thing and doesn't have to be champion. Here's my question. Yeah, but what, what, doing what? Wrestling other bad wrestlers? Get her up there and with the good people. I, I don't, I don't, when I think you have, kind of, you have the WWE talent coming down there to wrestle them. There's no reason to throw her to the Sharks, especially when they're padding out the Raw SmackDown shows as much as it is already. Just give her better, some time. Just I think she's better than you guys are giving her credit for there. Uh, but and and again, you know, NXT is you know, uh, you know what what has she got more to accomplish there? I don't think it's a huge mistake. So uh, and Colin says as far as the IWGB, just to continue the title, um, I was only defended it twice. Well, I mean, you know, that's not merger. It's 
Yeah, merge them. The, the re, there shouldn't be two of them. That's for sure. But you know, I I, I don't know what. I'm, it's puzzling. It, the whole thing really hasn't made a whole lot of sense. But uh, either way, uh, yeah, let's talk about New Japan let's, World. This makes a whole lot of sense. Are you ready for this? Uh, I'm excited about. It. Well, first of all, they are raising the price a little bit, which. You know, look, we went a long time without a price increase on this, a lot longer than you go through most of these streaming services. So that did not upset me, especially because with the weaker yen, the price was dropping anyhow. All right, uh, so all, right, all, right all right, let's start from the basics here. Yeah. New Japan World is getting a makeover, a brand new app for a bunch of different services, mm-hmm. iOS, Android, and Roku TV. Yes, it will. Yes. Apple TV. Yes, it will be. That's a big the deal. current New Japan World on the Fire Stick will no longer be able to be used. So you will have to re-download the app. And there will be, in addition to that, offline content. So if you wanted to watch Wrestle Kingdom and you were traveling, you could download Wrestle Kingdom onto your device, say your Kindle, not Kindle, but your, uh, your <laughs> iPad or your iPhone. You could watch it on airplane. You couldn't do that before. Couldn't do anything like that before. All this stuff is new. They are finally moving into the next generation of apps when it comes to pro wrestling. And as you said, there will be a price increase. But this is where it gets a little interesting. Did you catch Mm -hmm. the nuance that if you're a new customer joining New Japan, that Mm -hmm. it will be cheaper than an existing customer? Yeah, I did see that. They are trying to draw in some new people, but and that doesn't even bother me so much. But uh, yeah, it is a little odd quirk that they're trying to get some new people in. And what I'm most excited about is that app, though, because the way I watch New Japan World now is I in my living room. I put it on my phone and and kick it to my, uh, you know, to the Apple TV uh, that way. I, and so I have the Apple TV Disgusting. in my my big TV. And so, it, you know, it ties up my phone. Uh, if somebody calls me, it gets knocked off. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, it doesn't do that for text messages. But yeah, if I if I get a phone call, it knocks uh, New Japan off of my uh, big TV there. So an, an app will be much better. I'll have my phone there. I'll, I can get that uh, app on my Apple TV and, and I can watch it through there. So I, I'm really excited about this. And, and, I, and it's going to work a little bit better because, again, every time you have to stream something and kick it to something else you know there's more points of failure so this will be a this will be a better deal i uh i specifically have bought multiple fire sticks just for new japan world but i don't love fire sticks in general so i am thankful that you know i can go back to apple tv because i really do like the apple tv Mm -hmm. uh interface personally i'm i'm all Apple everywhere. I'm using a MacBook for this right now. So I really do like the Apple stuff. I mean, your camera me. looks so much better than mine. Uh, it's a fancy camera. It's a fancy, <laughs> fancy camera. Uh, but yeah, I just, I like the options. I like that they are moving into it. I have been so comfortable with New Japan World for the last like five or six years that, you know, it's going to be hard to say goodbye to yesterday, but uh <laughs> I'm looking forward to what uh, what the new world awaits in New Japan. If you think you're still attached to the past, I want you to keep in mind that both on my Apple TV and on my phone, I still have the WWE Network. Never forget. So uh, that's I've the one. been deleting that. It's just been kind of popping up here and there. I'm like, that should go. 
I can't do it. I can't do it. I loved it. Uh, okay. So, can, and, and uh, we have a question from Colin there. What's the international pricing? Can you bring that up? Cause I believe that's on your graphic there. Can you make that a little bigger for a quick, okay. So the new pricing for international is still, uh, well, whatever the equivalent is of 1,298 yen. So, uh, we can get a converter up here. I can do that actually on my interwebs. Uh, so we'll do a yen to the pound, um, English pound. There it is right there. We'll do that. And uh, yeah, uh, let's see. So was it 1298, 1298? We're looking at uh, seven pounds, nine. So there you go. Seven pounds, nine is what it looks like for that. And uh, that's what it would be per month. So there. And uh, John just says, uh, I'm excited about getting an Apple TV app. That's going to be huge, in my opinion. Yeah, for me, too. I'm really excited uh, that it just makes it a, an easier streaming experience for me. And I think a lot of people will find it better. And a lot of people consume their stuff through apps and wrestling through apps. And, and I think this could be a big boost to them that you don't have to be either on your phone, on a laptop, be able to put it through your TV. So it could be a nice little boost. It'll make my life easier trying to watch these shows on the go because there, there are times where it's like, I got to I gotta just watch at least a match just to like make the time fit because, you know, be honest with you, watching 12 to 15 hours of extra wrestling on top of having a, a normal life to make sure that you're covering all of New Japan can be difficult sometimes. And it bit, does right? require a little bit of a grief on the grief on the edges, trying to make make everything fit in your life. So, I'm oh, yeah. thankful that New Japan World has recognized the struggles <laughs> and has decided that hey, we're going to make it a little easier for you to talk about New Japan on behalf of us. And then uh, John mentions it's, it's easier to subscribe, subscribe just by clicking the button on Apple TV. Yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I think it's way overdue. I'm excited about it. The uh, the only thing if we got it, we, what we need to do now is get that meeting with the Bushi Road people and get Stardom World in the, with the same interface because my God, Stardom World is a challenge. But the other thing, it, it's it's such a bad, it's, it's so bad. Uh, but. Uh, it's really difficult and thank thankfully the wrestling is well worth it but yeah we're talking about between what you just mentioned with time the g1 five-star grand prix oh all that the shelf on which my dvr sits is about to break from the weight uh the collapse from the sheer weight of the wrestling sitting on my dvr waiting for me to watch <laughs> the weight of your hard drive from all the oh, body slam <laughs> you know from well yeah from i mean from raw smackdown this it piles up so flipping fast and i i gotta blow through those i need to just uh isolate myself but i'm not gonna do that i got all kinds of things going on so uh it never yeah. stops steve in the conveyor belt you know there there's mm -hmm. no deadline that says hey you're done now and as John mentions here, it's it's going to be easy to grab those pay per views on uh, on uh, World as well. So I catch am, those. And, I am when they finally get off a of fight forever yeah. and just everything just goes through New Japan World. I'm going to be so happy. Yeah. So yeah, finally uh, getting with the times there a little bit of improvement. All so right. that'll be nice. So some matches that you're going to be checking out over in uh, in Vegas when you go to Sam's Club in and weeks. Here's a surprise, because we sort of thought, the tea leaves were telling us, that Stephanie Vaquer was going to be facing Julia for the title. Turns out that's not the case. Uh, Stephanie is in a tag team match uh, with Zeusis, and uh, they'll be facing Yuvia, which is uh, Spanish for rain, and uh, Johnny Robbie. So that'll be a match 
there uh, as part of the Fighting Spirit Unleashed in uh, Japan. So we still don't know who Julia is facing for the strong mm. openweight title. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And then here's one I'm really excited about. So this one, uh, this is the a little bit of New Japan, a lot of CMLL. Rocky Romero, Soberano Jr. We've seen him in Fantastica Mania a couple of times. Tiger Mask, we've seen him for about 20-some years in its current iteration, uh, the guy, the man in the mask. And Adrian Quest on one side. On the other side, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi, Mystico, Atlantis, and Atlantis Jr. And I, this is all about Atlantis's 40th anniversary uh, and uh, in the United States. And, and Atlantis, one of the all-time Mexican legends, I have, I have one of his masks, uh, and uh, I'm going to get to see Atlantis. And I didn't think I would ever gonna, going to get to see Atlantis because I haven't been able to get to Arena Mexico or anything like that. And instead, he's coming right in uh, to me there. So I am really fired up about this one. Um, of course, Mystica was you know, one of the top draws in the world before he left for WWE to be the first Sin Cara and everything. And now, uh, so to see this match, this is a really cool match uh, to be able to, to catch there. And of course, Atlantis is... Uh, quite old now. Doesn't move as well as he used to, but he's still a pretty, uh, pretty smart worker, and uh, fairly spry for his age, and, and knows knows what he can do and how to do it in a match, and avoid the stuff he can't do anymore. So uh, a little bit like Sting in that sense that he's he's really he doesn't do as much as he used to, but he's smart about what he does. So this will be an intriguing match on the show there, and of course Rocky Romero, the biggest heel in Mexico right now. So uh, yeah, that's going to be great. I. Sometimes I get a little bored with the eight-man matches because they're all kind of the same thing when you get, like, a bunch of guys. And they're not as fun when the names you don't know as well. But when it's Hiroshi Tanahashi and it's mm-hmm. the guys from Fantastica Mania, Rocky Romero and Tiger Mask and Silveron Jr., it's like, okay, I can get behind this. This sounds like a lot of fun. And I am, I am on board with this match. Yeah. Should be really neat. Now, did you see that we actually have stipulation uh, suggestions for the King I of Pro did. Wrestling? I think I have so, them here for you. But uh, oh, good. John LaRocca is uh, happy that you're getting to the oh. uh, getting to that thing. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up. That, that'll be cool. And uh, we're expecting Eddie and Harari. We're expecting Julia and somebody. And that, that card is starting to take to start to really the stipulation for uh for the king of pro wrestling are ridiculous yes they are so here are uh taichi's rules this is the all the seconds are handcuffed so the just five guys members will be handcuffed to one another and he specified uh this is a we have a uh i guess they're not a post from x instead of a tweet on twitter whatever the hell but uh we have a little bit more detail from the new japan site so evil will be hooked up to sonata of course doki will be uh Connected to Yujiro, he'll be handcuffed to Yujiro. Takamichinoku will be handcuffed to Dick Togo. So everything kind of makes sense in that direction there. And if either participant breaks free of their handcuffs, handcuffs, the match will be deemed a no contest. So that's Taichi's rules, mostly to try to keep the just uh, the, the house of torture from uh, interfering. I'd imagine shows rules are batshit. So here we go. A ten minute guarantee, which means if the ten minute time limit elapses, show is declared the winner. Taichi is banned from using the Black Mephisto, and if show a show retains the right to add other rules on account of the weight difference between he and Taichi, or as circumstances demand, 
I think only a troll would vote for her show right here. Having said that, it's currently 55 45. The 45. In favor of I Taisha. wanted to tell you that it was 3,000 votes. Yes. Have got this at 55 to 45%. I don't know what's wrong there. with people. Sick bastards. What is wrong with people that they are voting for shows? Who hurt them, Stephen? Who hurt them? <laughs> what, is it, what is wrong with you folks? Oh, did I, I tell you? Did I tell you we have a, we have a fight game? Uh, fantasy football league, and I yes. had to come up. I had to come up with a uh, a New Japan related team name. Certainly, and I I struggled with this for a while, and I finally came up with it. Are you ready for it? I had Please, thirty characters, hear. and I went with "Take It to the House of Torture." Ah, oh. oh, that's beautiful. I was really proud of that one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. And then yeah. another one I got pretty deadly. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you win your first game? Yes. Oh. Yes. I, uh, I had Brandon Ioke and, and a few other people that, uh, that made it very easy for me to feel comfortable very early on. And, and, getting, <laughs> and that was fun. So, uh, so there is one more match that was announced uh, in the last couple of days that it's kind of apart from everything else that has been kind of going on. Oh, and yeah. uh, this kind of came out of nowhere. So we now have the never open weight trio or Superman championship challengers uh, for Okada, Tomohiro Shii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And they are from Impact. They are Alex Shelley, the current Impact world champion. Chris Saban, the current X division champion. And Josh Alexander, who is currently looking to face Alex Shelley for the Impact World. Bit of a mishmash again, but uh, it'll be a good match, I think. I mean, I, all six people involved in this are, are pretty good. So, uh, I mean, it'll be an interesting match. It's just, uh, you know, again, it, it just feels like it's similar to the last trio's title match in that there's virtually no chance that the New Japan trio is going to lose this to him. But, you know, it definitely so. feels like an angle alert and it's just building mm -hmm. for something more for impact and making it feel like a worldwide feud within their own kind of, I think bound for glory is coming up. So I've done it. I've done my homework when it comes to impact. I've been able to keep up on it. Uh, one of the people that used to be with fight game media is now over at voices of wrestling, the Mike and JD show. They, uh, they would cover impact on Brace for impact back in the mm -hmm. day. And yeah. one of the things that they would always talk about was that, Josh Alexander was never quite looked at at that main event level by the people over at Bushi Road. And oh. so this is a very interesting change and shift that he is getting matches with Tanahashi and Okada and Ishii along with the Motor City Machine Guns who are familiar with New Japan. So this is kind of his foot in the door for higher level matches here in New Japan. And I'm happy for him for that. This could potentially lead to him maybe in the G1 next year. Uh, one of those wrestlers that, you know, people don't instantly think of, but would definitely be a strong candidate and would perform very well if given the opportunity there. And this is the one that Colin was referring to earlier that he was excited about. So it has brought a little bit of a buzz. It's an interesting matchup. It really is. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, it's a nice addition to uh, the Ryo Goku card, which is shaping up to be pretty good. And that, that, that destruction of Ryo Goku looks like a nice uh, even in wrestling right there. So does Kobe. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And uh, Colin just says, I'm happy for Josh getting this chance in Japan. Yeah, uh, sure. And 
we've just we've discussed this you know like some of these talents are getting pretty expensive for new japan so bringing in newer people that maybe don't cost as much as an osprey or something like that yeah, they have to look at people they have to bring folks in and take a look at them so it could be a big opportunity for them and like you said might lead to to more not that josh alexander and and those guys come cheap i'm not trying to uh, portray him as that, but uh, less than Osprey, right? I mean, you know, yeah. you got to think. So, uh, and, and economics matter right now because you know the crowds are not up, the yen is weak, and uh, it it costs a lot of money for New Japan proportionally to bring in People these foreign wrestlers. Do their work to raise their stock, however they see fit. Yeah, and there was a new guy there that we're about to talk about a little bit. Ooh. So, uh, is there anything else you want to cover before we get into? I think forty-five minutes of news notes. Eddie Kingston all over the world defending <laughs> his title as if he were the greatest champion of all time. I think I think we're there. Let's, uh, let's just about Linda. Let's roll into. Yep. Well, we're going to get into the Road to Destruction shows right there. Uh, oh, back to the changes in New Japan uh, on NJPW World. When do they happen? They've, I don't know if they've get, What's that? Go ahead. Before the next pay period. Before the next pay period. There you have it. So it'll be... So uh, you will be charged the same the next pay period, but in between that time and the period after, you'll be charged the new fee and the app will have been instituted. So it's sometime between now and October 1st. Okay, is, so we don't have we don't I have an exact date on that. Like it's not it's not going live at whatever time on that day. We don't we don't have that yet. So I would uh, guess that it's after the twenty fourth because those are the two Sunday shows, and then there'll probably be like a maintenance period, and then you know then we'll be getting into the the shows in October. And then uh, this week, uh, we mentioned very quickly, uh, NJPW Tamashi is back on the 15th with Robbie Eagles and Kosei Fujita in the main event against uh, Stevie and Tomei Phillip, the natural classics. That's uh, So uh, Kosei Fujita goes right into the main event there with uh, and Tamashi as he goes on excursion in Australia. Some other uh, New Japan wrestlers at the big show in Mexico City, the 90th anniversary, the Anniversario show. That is uh, tomorrow night, September 15th at Arena Mexico. It's going to be a big event, Jeremy. It's also uh, not coincidentally Mexican Independence Day weekend. That's when uh, CMLL usually does their big anniversario show. And like all of them, uh, they have some uh, big stipulation matches. There's a mask versus mask match on the show. There's a hair versus hair match. But third from the top. So that there's a mask versus match. That's the ultimate, right? Okay. Hair versus hair is, you know, the, about the second biggest match you can have in Mexico. That's that's semi-main uh, involving people that aren't involved in New Japan. But there is a CMLL versus New Japan match that is third from the top on the poster here. And it is uh, Mystico, Atlantis Jr., and Mascara Dorada against our own Rocky Romero, TJP, and Kevin Knight. Kevin Knight getting a run in Arena Mexico there. He's been there before. But keep in mind, for Kevin Knight, he's going to be appearing... At the bit, one of the two biggest shows of the year, there's Leanda's uh, Legends show and Anniversario, the two biggest shows the CMLL does. Uh, he is appearing here at Anniversario. He's going to be at Impact 1000 and then at Road to Destruction. So a nice run for Kevin Knight as people around the world begin to realize what we see is that this guy's just about got it all. Yeah, he's uh, those upcoming tags that he has uh, coming up. I I'm looking forward to those with Clark Connors and uh. Against Drew Maloney and Clark Connors, I think him and Tiger Mask. I think that's a match that I'm I'm looking forward to coming up as well. So, uh, you know, the other thing is, you were talking about these uh, young lions on excursion. How about that young lion on excursion that showed up back in New Japan? <laughs> Indeed, yes. 
And uh, the, the last thing I'm going to mention, then we're going to get to it. Osprey is going to be facing uh, Marufuji for Noah on this. We 17th. never talked about that. His dream match. No, we hadn't yet today. We oh, mentioned it before, okay. on, but we... not on today's show. But that's coming up this week, so I thought I would make him throw it in. That could, that's a pay per view match. You got you got to pay, and then you got to pay again if you want to watch it live. And of course, we mentioned before too. Will kind of grew up watching. Noah had TV in England randomly, right. uh, so uh, it, it, more so than even New Japan back then, that era. Uh, Marufuji was a big star to a young Will Osprey, so this is a very exciting thing for Will getting to wrestle him. And there really uh, was a lot of news today. <laughs> there is a lot. Okay, Road to Destruction. It began uh, back up again on Friday, September eighth, at Corican Hall. Attendance was lower for this one, but there was a reason for it. One thousand eighty-seven. Uh, and uh, there was a typhoon coming through. Now uh, we have typhoons here in this part. They're called hurricanes. It's a, it's a not it's not a, anything to be trifled with. I was to the day, by the way, uh, four years to the day. I was in Tokyo during a typhoon. So oh. like this thing hit. I had gone to sumo wrestling at uh, at uh, Ryugoku Kakujikan Sumo Hall, and a typhoon was rolling in. And of course, you know here it's it's the thing. And uh, it's a big deal in Tokyo, too. But no one seemed terribly concerned about it. I mean, like the show went on like normal, the sumo. Uh, we went and had drinks at an izakaya afterwards. No one seemed particularly worried about it. And a it was the the effect of a Category 2 hurricane. So not one of the biggest ones, but, you know, not significant. We were halfway up this tall building in a hotel. You know, like the 20-something floor or something like that. And just watching this hurricane roll in. And the building's moving, and we had a little, a small version of our stuff, you know, a couple of changes of clothes, our passports, and shoes, like, sitting by the bed. It came in overnight, and so it was hitting at, like, 3 and 4 in the morning was the worst of it. And we're just sitting there watching this, and, like, do we need to flee? Like, like do we need to hunker down? We're halfway up a skyscraper. And uh, it all turned out okay. And Tokyo is so resilient that it took a hurricane square in the face, typhoon, and the next day, some of the trains were late. That's it. And they, they just handled just it so well. A little well. bit of blockage on the rails. A little bit of block. Yeah, it was it was debris on the rails that they had to clear off. And, they, and But other than that, I mean, like, everything drains. It's just the usual. That, that, that city is so good at handling stuff like that. But what it did was for this one is it kept some people inside. Of course, mm -hmm. you, have, you do have to wait it out. So Typhoon was rolling through, and attendance was down a little bit of Cork and Hall that night. Now... The show was Road began. to Destruction in regard to the destruction to their own roster? <laughs> it turned out to be, didn't it? Because Good Lord. <laughs> we had a couple of problems here, and one of them was right as the show started, they actually got uh, the doctor, Dr. Hayashi, got, got on the microphone. and explained That never happens, by the way. Never happens. Uh, Dr. Hayashi, of course, uh, was, uh, I believe, uh, part of uh, it was uh, part of the Shogun era in Japan, uh, as they joke around about how old he is there. But uh, he managed to get on the microphone and he talked about uh, Bolton Oleg, who was supposed to face Zack Sabre Jr. for the TV title. He had a wrist injury that then got a uh, developed a bacterial infection. The good news is he returned to the ring today uh, in uh, Shizuoka. Uh, some antibiotics knocked it right out, but he couldn't compete last Friday. So Oleg was out for the uh, TV title match to be replaced by, according to them, storyline-wise, at his request, Ryohei Oiwa, 
who is back from his excursion in Noah. And we'll talk about that match in a little bit. And that got a pop from the crowd. They were excited about, about seeing uh, Oiwa in that match there. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately for Oleg, that would have been a nice uh, little showcase for him against a really good wrestler in Zach, who would have done a lot to make him look good. Maybe we'll get that one down the road a little bit, but a tough break for Bolton Oleg. The, um, we talked about whether we thought he might win last week, and I kind of wondered afterwards if he was supposed to win this match, and it just just the amount of work that they win to make sure that it was clear that uh, he wasn't going to be able to make this match and the effort that they went at. It just seemed a little extra. And I don't, and I don't know if that was just because it was extra or for whatever. It was just so unusual. And I it just, was unusual, man. and I, I, I was trying to figure out if there was meaning to it or just a new way of doing business. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it was the semi-main, so I, they take yeah. that stuff very seriously in New Japan. That like you folks paid your money, and now you're not going to see one of the big. And if it's an undercard guy, it's not as big a deal. But they still treat it as a big deal. You know, they uh, will offer uh, refunds, for instance, to to folks if if this is the guy you came here to see, we'll give you your money back. But this was the semi-main, so I think they were concerned there. But they really wanted to explain why he wasn't. And so there. this is exactly why I'm so of the belief that they've advertised Eddie for all these other matches that he, yeah. that this AEW match that he's putting his title up on the line for, like if they're going to go out of their way to let you know that Oleg Bolton has a bacterial infection and will not make his TV title match with Zach Saber Jr. tonight, they are not going to let Tony Khan play fast and loose with their strong title on an AEW show. That's it. That's the tweet. Very well said. And Colin mentioned something here that's fun. Uh, Remember a few years ago, only fun because it didn't do any, uh, didn't hurt anybody. Uh, A few years ago during the interview of a New Japan show, an earthquake hit not far from the venue. I do remember that. And Jay White around the, uh, around the thing just kind of. Yeah, Jay White. Jay White was in the ring and uh, against Okada. It was like a chaos versus Bullet Club six-man match or an eight-man match or something like that and uh jay was in the ring and suddenly it started shaking and just everybody climbed out and every, and the, the thing you know everything was shaking and uh, of course the lights were kind of swaying and everyone was a little nervous for a while but it turned out to be okay but i do remember that yeah it's a little moment there so you know, i feel, uh, feel kind of good having kanemaru image on here for a while because we're really gonna have to pour one out for this dude i don't oh, think man. he's gonna be back for a while well, we'll see. But he, he was in this match, and he was not hurt on this show because he was in the opener with Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Doki uh, facing uh, Taguchi and Yo. And Ryusuke Taguchi is back to the clowning thing. He dropped it for a little while during Super Juniors. It's back. Uh, Yo was wearing a Funk U t-shirt, a uh, Terry Funk tribute. They did a short ceremony for Terry uh, before the show that is available on NJPW World if you want to check it out. Uh, it was just mostly them kind of giving a little bit of a biography to Terry. Yeah. But it was nice, and you know, some of the babyface factions were out there, uh, you know, uh, looking somber and things for for Terry. So that was nice. And uh, this one ended with Kanemaru beating Taguchi with a figure four roll up. He had a, the, the figure four on, and then uh, kind of rolled him up in that, and got the pinfall victory. So a lot of talk about Leo Rush, who is a heel now in Impact, but is still booked to wrestle with Chaos after Destruction and Kobe, because there are a lot of, as we mentioned. Impact 1000, a pay-per-view. A lot of those Impact guys, Leo, Mike Bailey, can't get to the tour until after Kobe. So, uh, you know, we're, we don't see those guys. They're not in the preview tags. And Yo, 
sounds like he's still might be teaming with Rush and Rush might still be teaming with the Chaos guys. So interesting thing to keep an eye on there with Leo Rush coming back uh, in a couple of weeks. A lot but, uh, of moving parts in play. <laughs> and then we had after that, after this one, which was not a bad, and nothing nothing great. It was Taguchi doing a lot of clowning. This was a with... solid B-minus show. Like, yeah. If you yeah. wanted to like put on a New Japan show in the background and just kind of listen to Chris Charlton talked to Shane Hayes for a little bit and just kind of watched some New Japan matches. This was perfectly fine. I think the show the next day was better, but this is a perfectly, perfectly fine wrestling show to put on while you're doing your thing. Yeah, I know Kevin Kelly for these. Chris Charlton did them by himself for the first half of the show before a member of TMDK joined him for the second half. So for this one here, it was uh, Shane Hayes. Second match was Minoru Suzuki, Ren Narita, El Desperado, and Tomowaki Honma facing Yuji Nagata, Shota Umino, Master Wato, and Oscar Loibe. This one went 13 minutes and 8 seconds. It was a little bit of a longer one than I anticipated. Uh, for the most part, though, it was just playing up the fact that Nagata and Suzuki have to fight each other. Umino and uh, Umino and Ren have to fight each other. They can't help them. They were ignoring tags. They were just going at each other, knocking each other off the apron randomly. Uh, it was a fun uh, match in that context. And uh, Cobra Twist win for Narita. He got uh, Oscar Loibe, the young lion, in the Cobra Twist. The most interesting fact I heard, this came from uh, Chris Samsa feeding uh, it to uh, Chris Charlton, a former guest on this show, Chris Samsa, uh, said that Yuji Nagata has had over 86 hours of ring time in Corican Hall in his life. Imagine that. That's impressive. 86 hours of ring time. I figured, I figured this match went longer because they were just upping their cardio for a couple of days later. You know, they're, yeah. they're getting themselves ready, going, going a little bit longer and longer for all these matches. <laughs> I like this too. Colin just says, they can't turn Leo heel in New Japan. What about the children? What about the kids, Jeremy? Think about the children. Think of the kids. He's right. Uh, after that, we have the Mighty Don't Kneel, Nichols, Haste, and Bad Dude Tito. Big Jeets back. Uh, and they face... <laughs> The Chaos Trio of Bishamon, that's Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi with Toru Yano. Another long one. This one went almost 14 minutes. But this was a good preview, John. I enjoyed this one. Uh, TMDK, uh, the storyline is apparently, this was pushed heavily by Chris Charlton, that they are the best team that's never held the IWGP tag team title. They might that's be right. there. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Yeah, right. uh, Tito looked good. Well, I mean, they're not. But I mean, you know, look good. Tito, uh, Tito looked like he had never taken a night off in his life. Yeah, no, he looked fabulous. I thought he, he was working stiff too, boy. He was knocking some people. Uh, he was he was working real hard. He he was looking for he was looking to, for a, for a couple more days from New Japan. Give him to him. Give him to him. This guy's the real thing. <laughs> TMDK ended up hitting uh, the uh, one of their new moves, Highway to Hell on uh, Toriano there, uh, which uh, they're, they're starting to win their matches with there. And so that was, you know, the basic, uh, the basic uh, preview match that makes the challengers look good. It's exactly what you would think it would be and what it should be for that matter. Yeah. And uh, it was fine. Yeah. Not bad at all. And uh, we'll see how that title match goes between Bishamon and TMDK. I'm looking forward to it. You know, speaking of the next one, if you're going to get hyped up for a, for a never open weight man match, this next match is kind of how you do it. <laughs> I have the exact same note right here. This is like this. It was not going to be easy to put steam on this match, right? And right. like this right, is right. Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tomohiro Ishii against Tenzan, uh, Togi Makabe, and Tiger Mask for the titles. And just I was like, well, I haven't been uh, that 
kind of blase about a title match in a very long time. They needed to put some steam on it, and they did indeed find a way. So first of all, they put Yudo Nakashima with the champs, and they put uh, Satoshi Kojima with the challengers. Right. So, you know, that's fine. That adds the young lion to to what you thought was to take the fall. The way they did this was they talked about how Ishii has been questioning Tenzan's heart. You know, it's like, if you can't do it, get out. You know, if you don't think you can do it, get out. You don't belong here anymore. And Tenzan just took that very, very personally, as you probably would. And he and Ishii just got into it. They wouldn't stop fighting. They ignored everybody else, including knocking their partners around a little bit to get to each other. And the referee just threw the match out uh, after about 14 minutes of these two being unable to function in a tag team match without going at each other. And like you mentioned, the match wasn't, the title match didn't end up being great or anything like that. It had some moments, Uh, but this was a way to put steam on a match that did not seem to have any steam at all. So I will give them credit for actually creating a situation where I kind of, sort of, certainly more than before, wanted to see the match the following night. Before the match started, I was like, meh. And then after the match was over, I was like, all right. Yeah. All right. It did it did its job, didn't it? Yeah. It did exactly yeah. what they wanted to do out of that. Heated yeah. up in 24 hours. Let's go. Hey, we got a bunch of professionals here, don't we? That's uh, That was well played. Next up was the LIJ faction against uh, the United Empire faction. So we got our first look at Callum Newman. And on the LIJ side, we had Naito, Shingo, Yodosuji, and Hiromu. So pretty much the whole cast. Uh, and then, uh, except for Bushi, and they faced Cobb, Okan, Hanare, and Callum Newman. Uh, Osprey not quite in uh, the country and ready to go uh, quite yet for night one, but he would be there the rest of the weekend. 13 minutes and six seconds. Uh, Callum Newman is indeed fast. He was advertised as being fast, and he was. He runs the ropes really quickly. Uh, he, he didn't do a whole lot else that was very different in this one, but uh, it was. this is mostly about Naito and Cobb anyway. We suspected that Callum Newman is there mostly to oppose Hiromu because his opponents for his title match are busy with impact dates and can't get here. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is mostly about Naito and Cobb anyway. Naito has a, he doesn't have a briefcase that didn't, apparently Okada just befawed the brief, briefcase. It's gone now. So he has a handwritten contract that he's carrying around on poster board. Uh, that is uh, just a very Naito-ish uh, thing to do. Uh, there's my contract for the Tokyo Dome. And, uh, of course, uh, Cobb wants to challenge him for it or at least prove that he's been. It's, it's, it's unclear as to whether or not the contract is actually on the line in that match yet. But either way, they're tangling because Cobb beat him in the G1, but Naito won the G1 tournament, that type of thing. And that's what this match was about mostly. And it ended up being uh, – it ended up with Suji spearing the living hell out of Callum Newman and pinning him. Uh, but the match was mostly about Naito and Cobb. And once again, every time Suji hits that spear – Looks like he breaks the man in half, but doesn't. So, uh, good-looking move. Uh, I agree with you. Suji continues to look good. I still think he needs seasoning. It can be a couple of years before he holds the world title, but uh, he's definitely on his way. Callum Newman is the kind of guy that I feel like over the next five years is going to slowly put on 20 pounds of muscle yeah. and end up being a top guy in New Japan. I can already see it now. Uh, really? A top guy in New Japan you get up? I could see him. I could see him in five years. I could see the... You know, it took Osprey five years to become a top guy in New Japan. I, I have more thoughts on Newman than, uh, coming up later. Just, you know, like, initial thoughts. Whatever his ceiling is, 
I'm saying that's what his ceiling could be. I'm not saying that, like, I'm calling my shot. This is what this guy could be. Yeah, yeah he's but... not anywhere. Whatever ceiling he has is not anywhere near it. But that doesn't no. mean that he's not going to get there. Yeah. Well, when right. I look at him, I'm like, oh, I see what Osprey sees in him. He's definitely quick. Uh, we finally had the uh, television title match. And, this did uh, not we, happen. <laughs> now, we have the graphic up here because that was the one they had there, but it's uh, it was not Bolton Oleg. In fact, it was Ryoheo Iwa. Oh, Iwa out with a new haircut. Looked good. And uh, new tights there that look nice, silver and black. Uh, do, you ever, do you ever remember playing the game Double Dragon growing up? Did not. It was the uh, the two brothers and the punch-em, beat-em-up punch-em, and they're in okay. the streets. These two, Ryohei and Kaido Kimiya, look like Billy and uh, Jason Lee from those for the Double Dragon arcade series. Up. I'll have to trust you on that, but yeah, they they do look like they should be a tag team together. Like they do look like they've been paired together well. And of course, Kaido Kimiya came out with them, which has got a bit of a reaction from the crowd there. Uh, so. This was good, but it was perfunctory. And what I mean by that is that it was a good wrestling match, but no one thought OE was going to win this thing. And especially being a replacement, you know, they weren't going to shift gears that much. Um, they mentioned that Zach has now defended his championship more than anyone has defended a title in the IWGP era. So that's pretty cool. Uh, even more than uh, Okada with his record-breaking run with the world title or anybody yeah. else. No, no one's had that many title defenses. And he would add another one before the end of the weekend. Uh, what's interesting with this one, Jeremy, is they know how to use the threat of a draw as a weapon in these matches uh, with the fans. And, and what I mean by that is they go 10 minutes and it plants that thought in your head. Is, mm -hmm. it, is there going to be a winner? And then it puts a little bit of tension on every pinfall attempt and every submission, you know, because they don't have to do it, but aren't they going to do it? Is there going to be a finish? Maybe there's not going to be a finish. Maybe there's, you know, it, it just adds a little bit of extra tension, that 15 minute time limit. I think it's, and Zach, I think works better than most. This one went 11 and a half. Uh, and uh, let's see, they uh, did, a, oh yeah, Oiwa did a dragon screw into a figure four, just like, Kiyomiya does just like the great Muta and Keiji Muto used to do. You know, that uh, the dragon screw was a move that really got over with Muto because if you think about how mm -hmm. explosive Muto's movements are, what made his elbow drop different, what made his moonsault different was that explosiveness, how he can, you know, the fast twist, twitch muscles in that guy were inhuman. So he could grab a leg, make that little split second dramatic pause where the guy who has his leg caught can go, oh crap. And then that lightning quick dragon screw that he had. No one's done it quite as quick as Muta has uh, for when Muta was in the prime of his career. And uh, Oiwa brought that out. I'm not saying he did it as quickly as Muto used to do, but it was a good one. And uh, I, I like that because the dragon screw can look really devastating when it's not done by somebody who's, <laughs> sorry, Tanahashi, a little too old. To get around <laughs> Uh, anyway, it ended up being an armbar finish. They they got into a scramble. Zach got the armbar in, and Oiwa did have to tap. Now, people made something, I think, out of nothing here, where afterwards there was a bit of a face-off with Saber and Kiyomiya. My only thought on that is if you're Kato Kiyomiya, you don't just walk away. Even if you're not going to do a match later, you still have to kind of stare down Zach Saber. I thought, I thought they were setting it up, for sure. I, I'm, I'm not convinced they are. I, don't, I, yeah, I, I mean, keep in mind... I, it, Kiyomiya wasn't say, even supposed to be there that night. You know, it's, it's like it's like clerks. I'm not even supposed to be here tonight. You know, they, you know, I, I came here in a they, damn we hurricane. Were, we were talking about the G1. There was a there was a bracketing possibility where Kiyomiya could have mm -hmm. faced that Saber Jr. And I thought that was a match that needed to happen down the line. 
So yeah. if they are setting that matchup down the line again, either way, like this just happened to be like push up, push up the date because of circumstance, that's fine. We talked a couple weeks ago, maybe even last week, about who would be the guy to beat Zach Saber Jr. for that TV title. Kiyomiya would be a great guy. For he's that. a Noah guy. He's not even in New Japan. He doesn't even go here. I'm just saying, like, there, there is an idea there and a nugget that you could do, and it would be interesting. I mean, I, he's not even on New Japan shows that much. It would be he's interesting. Like, That's all. It would be interesting, but, I mean, Roman Reigns would be interesting. It's not going to happen either. Hey, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, the last match was the uh, House of Torture, uh, well-named, uh, and just five guys of Sonata and Taichi. This was a uh, the main event here that uh, – well, anyway, th- this was not great. Uh, this was uh, a bit of a slog. Everything was evil about this match. Yeah, there was just a lot of a lot of slow going. These guys really didn't get out of second gear. And I've been talking for weeks that Sonata's the wrong guy, and I'm more convinced than ever. But they aren't helping him out with the way they're booking him because he just looks so weak all the time against evil. And I understand what we'll talk about this as we get to the other shows, but in this one show got hit him with a wrench and there was a low blow because there was the usual health of torture distractions. And yes, that is getting over better with the crowd than it used to the, these things. Uh, but in the end, evil hit everything is evil on Sonata and pinned him 17 minutes and six seconds. Uh, it wasn't a great match. These guys really didn't feel like they were out of second gear here. And uh, it could be the circumstances of the night, you know, weird with a uh, smaller crowd and a typhoon outside and all that. But this this didn't click. And and the, these four usually do better than this. And they did do better than this later in the tour. But this was not the, the best example of, of these guys yeah. in the ring together. This, uh, this cool your jet time between the G1 and Wrestle Kingdom where they're kind of downshifting, downshifting their gears before they heat it back up. Uh, Sonata and Evil really isn't doing it for me personally, no. but I know that it's a very temporary uh, stage setting until we get to later on stuff. So. so I mentioned that Japan recovers quickly from a typhoon. Well, the next night, the tennis is right back up to 1,457. So no sweat. Everyone's back. And uh, it, it felt like this show had a little bit more energy than Friday. You know, I think things were on people's minds on Friday, there, perhaps. So it, it began again with Taguchi and Yo against Doki and Takamichi Noku. Uh, well, I'm going to call right now. We'll get to it later. Double duty Doki. Double duty Doki, as it turned out. And uh, the Yo and Doki stuff in this match w- was pretty good. Yeah. Th- these two really worked well together. And uh, the black hole uh, by Yo on Takamichi Noku for the victory in about eight minutes and 41 seconds. So uh, nice work between uh, Yo and uh, Doki. Hopefully Doki will be in the junior tag tournament. We can see that match with Leo Rush and Yo against uh, he he and uh, whoever there. But that would be fun. Up next, after that second match, we had another preview of the best of seven series that would kick off in Chiba. So this time. That turncoat, Tomoaki Hanma, jumped ship, went over to the other side. This time he teamed with the, well, this time he teamed with Nagata, uh, Umino, and Wato. And, uh, you know, anywhere Hanma can get on the card, he just brings his gear, I tell you, uh, against Strong Style Team and Yuto Nakashima. And you can imagine how this one went. Went about 12 minutes and three seconds, very similar to what they did the day before, where it was knocking each other off the apron, and Shota and Ren can't keep apart. Uh, Suzuki and Nagata can't keep apart. And they did that again. 
basically. Yeah. Uh, only this time it was the Death Rider finish on Nakashima because they had a young yeah. lion there to take the Shota ball. got a win tonight. Ren got a win last night. Ren can repeat. Up next, we had a TMDK Chaos Clash again. This was uh, very similar to the day before. This time it's, uh, you know, Bishamon and Yano, uh, TMDK and Big Teats there. Nine minutes, 58 seconds. And uh, this was a good one again, just to even things out from the day before. This time yesterday, or yesterday, on Friday, the show we're talking about before, it was TMDK hitting Highway to Hell on Yano. This time, Bishamon hit the Shoto on Tito. So uh, the tag team beat the single on the other side. And uh, yeah, there it is. And uh, this was just evening things up from the day before. Mm -hmm. But another good preview and just more proof that it'll probably be a damn good tag team title match. This is, this is the point where I realized, yeah, I get why we're not televising every single show that could be coming out because it's going to be this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Colin mentions, do you guys think Yana will ever be on AEW, whether it's Dynamite, Rampage, or Collision? I'll go with I, Rampage. Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, I think Zero it's hour pre-show for Forbidden Door. Yeah, they could throw him into or zero hour. I, I, I think uh, they could find a spot for him when Danhausen is back from injury, don't you think? Even as a team? I I don't know. I feel like if you had them with the Dark Order, that'd be kind of funny. No, maybe. Yeah, you know, <laughs> one of the guys they make fun of, either Dan. Yeah. Dan Housen's already making fun of wrestling. So there you go. So, uh, but yeah, uh, up next, after this one, we had... Uh, Disaster. Yes, we did. This was the, the one that really hurts here. And uh, both literally, literally and figuratively, it was the House of Torture, Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, and Sho facing just five guys, that being Sonata, Taiji. So you had the singles feuds there. And uh, as it turned out, Doki. Yoshinobu Kanemaru came out with him. He was absolutely fine. The storyline was that House of Torture, the way they were going to work the beginning of the match, House of Torture was taking the center of the ring. So just five guys was going to rush the ring. When Yoshinobu Kanemaru, whole Uncle Nobu, slid into the ring, something went wrong. Without contact, he slid into the ring like he was charging Yujiro. He stood up and his knee just went. And it's something that happens sometimes. You see it with uh, football players making a cut. Uh, you see it sometimes with basketball players in the lane. I'm sure there are, well, soccer players when they're making a cut, uh, mm -hmm. football players, Colin. And Ujiro uh, they, was shocked. He didn't, he Ujiro was, was very catching his breath for a moment and just trying to figure out what was happening. So, and nothing about it was natural. No. And Ujiro was recognized immediately and backed off, did not do anything to make the situation worse. So, props to Ujiro for understanding that something had gone wrong immediately. Wasn't too difficult because he basically just grabbed his knee and fell over sideways. Mm -hmm. But he didn't do anything knuckleheaded, like, you know, do a fake stomp at it or anything like that. He just recognized that, ah, crap, I'll let the referee handle this one. And he went off to double team, uh, I think it was uh, Taichi. But uh, yeah, it, it, they ended so, up helping him out and uh, kept carting him off. And he's been and, announced as off for the rest of the tour and for the foreseeable future. So you can infer like a, that what you will, but it looks like that dude's knee is pretty torn up right now. Yeah, and it's just such a crummy luck. Uh, he's really been doing well with just five guys, yeah, and he's yeah. been doing some interesting stuff and getting out of that Suzuki Goon act that he had, which wasn't bad, by the way. No, no one's accused him of being a bad wrestler, but just breaking out of doing the Suzuki-Goon act seems to have invigorated him a little bit. Now he gets hurt, and it's it's just sad to see. 
So it got a little messy for a little bit. They just kind of got their bearing for a little bit. And then the uh, the camera was uh, the angle from the ring side as you could see it positioned from the from the hallway entrance that they have over in this arena. And all of a sudden you see uh, Sonata and Taichi are just getting beat down by the House of Torture. You see Doki just come in like a flash of lightning and do the biggest baby face uh, spot to even up the score that you've ever seen <laughs> in a New Japan show, just a house of fire. And uh, I'll let you take it from there, but it was a fantastic save by Doki. It really was. And he came out, like you mentioned, and and ran wild on everyone. And, and people are doing a good job improvising here, which, you know, you do in pro wrestling. Yeah. Most of it's improvised. So these guys are pros. They knew but that was the it. story of the match. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't once that happened, it was almost in a completely academic match. Yeah, and they gave Doki a lot, like you said. Uh, they even got the Doki Choki on evil for a little while, but in the end, uh, the referee was distracted. Dick Togo used a chair and uh, that weakened Doki, and Doki ended up taking everything as evil and getting. Uh, and then there was a postmaster beatdown afterwards there. So, uh, once again, the champs have had their belts stolen, they look weak, and, and they've been getting beat up every night. So, again, I know that. Sonata has not been an impressive champion by anyone's stretch. He's a, a black hole of charisma, but uh, they're a not doing him any favors. They're not doing him any favors by beating him down every single night and just making him look weaker and weaker and weaker. I know the story is that he they are putting obstacles in front of him to overcome because he's going to beat evil and look, try to make him look strong. But boy, that he just looks like such a chump and uh, and uh, a boring one at that. So it's a, it's a rough run for Sonata. Hard to argue right now. He's not he's not the most exciting thing in New Japan right now. Next match, we didn't expect to see. We didn't know we were going to have this. So we had Zack Sabre Jr. actually challenged Satoshi Kojima in backstage comments the night before. And uh, as it turns out, we had another uh, TV title match we didn't expect. Zack worked the lariat arm for the most part in this one, uh, but he gave Kojima all of his signature spots. So he clotheslines, the chops, uh, clothesline in the corner, uh, the uh, Koji cutter, that type of thing. Uh, Kojima hit a lariat in the CCE for a two count, which was the closest he got to a real near fall in this one. But uh, Zach countered uh, to an arm bar and got a tap out. So for the second night in a row, he gets a tap out with an arm bar, 12 minutes and seven seconds. Kojima is a pro, and at his age, he is working very, very well. Zach, as we mentioned, one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. So this was a pretty damn fine match here. Uh, again, no one really expected Kojima to win. He didn't. So it didn't have the heat of a toss-up type of title match. But uh, good effort. I could see Kojima at Wrestle Dream. That'd be nice. I like I, Kojima's really good, you know. And and he gave he gave CM Punk a handful in that match there when uh, he was there last. So we had. The never open weight six man tag team title match. And this is Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii, the challengers Tenzan, Makabe, and Tiger Mask. This went 17 minutes and 46 seconds. Tenzan started the match off and did pretty well early. And, you know, that, that was the whole story that he and Ishii just really got into it. A lot of this match was Ishii just imposing his will on the challengers. He walked through their offense. He beat the hell out of them. Uh, they are. They took 90%. The champions took 90% of this match, but the story was that the vets just kept hanging in and hanging in and getting in hope spots once in a while. The one thing that I had a lot of fun with on this, Jeremy, is I think Kazuchika Okada had a blast bumping for Tiger Mask in this. 
He was just selling for Tiger Mask every chance he could in this, including taking an arm drag off the top rope. Uh, he just seemed to have a good time working with Tiger Mask out there. It I didn't just, notice uh, it, but I believe you. <laughs> yeah, he was he was having fun. Eventually, Ishii ended up getting isolated as they got a the veterans got a couple of hot tags. Ishii ended up isolated in the ring with all three of them, and they teased the title switch by having Tiger uh, hit a Tiger Driver on Ishii as he's laying there recovering from the Tiger Driver. Makabe hit the King Kong knee drop off the top rope, his finisher, and then. Uh, Tenzon hit the a brain buster for the cover <laughs> and the headbutt, and then but Tanahashi broke up the pin, and uh, that was at the point where uh, everybody knew the inevitable was coming. Okada later, you know, charged the ring to break up the pin as well. In that whole mix of guys throwing each other around, Okada hit a landslide, then a sliding lariat by Ishii to Tenzon for a two count. Then Ishii set up Tenzon for the brain buster, hit it. And got the pinfall. Seventeen minutes, forty-six seconds. It was not a match. Of, not was. a match of the year candidate, but I think that everybody did what they could. It was fun for what it was. I like. I'm enjoying the never six man titles with Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii on it. I kind of think that we're getting up to a point where we might end up having Tanahashi versus Ishii at Wrestle Kingdom or something I'm like that. the same thing, that somehow and, this is all going to end in tears with a match against these two, yeah. And I, it sounds great to me, man. Like, that just, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be a good match between two guys who know how to work. The, the finale on Saturday, the last match of Corican, was an elimination match. So it's I, I call these all skates, where it's just everybody's in the match here. Uh, elimination match, Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, Great Okan, Hanare, and Callum Newman on one side. LIJ on the other. That's the whole fan family there for uh, the team. So Hiromu, Yoda Suji, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito, and Bushi. Here's how it went. Uh, we found out that Will Ospreay has gotten himself a tattoo with the Wembley Stadium <laughs> attendance number on it. Okay, why not? Uh, well, it's, it's the official different. number, not the uh, not the turnstile number. As well as yeah, the turnstile number is overblown. Don't worry little, about the turnstile. Little, little <laughs> well, yeah, but do you heard the explanation for that? You know, the, yeah, the, yeah, there, yeah, there is. A reason I got that. no issues with it. So I'm far, glad that the internet has not lost their minds and trying to know. make a gotcha out of it. It doesn't matter. No, that there's it's eighty one thousand, whatever it is. And That's how many tickets were sold. I believe them actually. I th this is. I don't. If it turns out that he exaggerated that, I would feel like, oh, our Tony's all grown up. He's a lying pro wrestling promoter now. <laughs> our little Tony's all grown up. But I'm not sure that's happened. I think that that eighty one oh oh three five might be legit. Yeah. So until I think, see the, evidence otherwise, this match was it as legit as that? If that. It was good. The, here's how this went. And uh, again, they've made this more about Naito and Cobb than anything else. And uh, even more than Osprey and Suji in this mm -hmm. case. And here, here's what we're getting to here. Uh, Callum Newman was out first with a pumping bomber. He wasn't in, he was in the match for a little while. And it, it was mostly what you would expect in a 10 man. There's everybody getting a little bit of shine in, everybody getting their moves in. And uh, Newman went out first, like I said, pinned by Shingo Takagi. Later on, Okan went over the top rope with Shingo. They're both fighting on the apron. There was a lot of that. There were only two people that did jobs, and they were exactly the two people you would think would do jobs yep. in this one as far as pinfall losses. Uh, Okan uh, got a, a choke slam on Shingo on the apron, and both of them tumbled to the outside. So they're both out. Uh, the big surprise in the match was Bushi actually dumped Hanare out when Hanare charged him in the corner with a knee, a high knee. Bushi got out of the way. Uh, Hanare hung himself up on the top 
turnbuckle and Bushi threw him out over the top and to the floor. So Hanare uh, putting over Bushi there. But Will ended up pinning Bushi with the hidden blade. That was the other pinfall there. So as we're going around, it comes down to Suji and Will. They were fighting each other. This stuff looked really good. Again, mm -hmm. these two have chemistry, and Will's one of the best on earth. So uh, they both went over the top, were fighting on the apron, did a lot of teases of falling off. Both of them are very good at that, you know, almost falling, but not quite. And of course, both of them are really strong, so they can do things like barely hang on, but hold up right. their whole body weight and things. And uh, Suji ended up hitting a curb stomp on Will from the apron to the floor, which looked pretty rough, and eliminated both of them that way. So uh, that was nice because in a match that came down to Cobb and Naito, that was a nice little moment for these two to get their mm -hmm. match ready. So uh, in the end, it came down to Naito and Hiromu against Jeff Cobb. That didn't last too terribly long because Naito ended up powerbombing Hiromu over the top rope onto all of his teammates. As it came down to Naito and Cobb, Naito got a low bridge on Cobb, so Cobb went over. They didn't go all the way to the floor. Cobb tried to suplex Naito out to the floor. Didn't quite work. Naito did go over the top and landed on the apron. Came down on the apron. Nice little spot here that I really hadn't seen before in these types of elimination matches. Naito did a leg sweep on Cobb, dropping down to his ass, right? Like he mm -hmm. does with the combina Combinacion Cabron. Right. So sits him down, but Cobb rolled into the ring from there, hit a drop kick on Naito, and knocked him out for the win. Nice. It, it, it looked like something that could happen. Yeah. And uh, in the end, it was Jeff Cobb winning Matt to, again, put steam on that matchup, make the challenger look good. If there, if he is a challenger, but make the, you know, the, the guy making the run at the top guy. And we know Naito's going to the Tokyo Dome main event to make the guy go. But make Cobb look, look good on the way. Sure. And it was, it was well done. 27 minutes, 44 seconds. Woo. All you have to do is look at the roster of guys in this match. You know, it was pretty good. And I, I did enjoy this one. It, it was long for an over-the-top rope clash pinner commission match, but I, I, I would say it was, a, it was a way to... This show was better than the one the day before. Of the three shows that we watched, I think this show was my favorite. So we are running a bit short on time here, but we are going to get through this Chiba. The, the first part of the Chiba show, there's not a whole lot to say about it anyway. Not to insult it, but again, it's this similar tags that we've been seeing. The Jada replaced Bolton Oleg in this one. Yeah. So uh, they were back at the Togane Arena in Chiba. Attendance was 1,322. That's about what New Japan's been doing since the pandemic began. This is the Blue Justice show. Uh, from Ch Yuji Nagata is from Chiba. He's the local promoter in Chiba. It's about him. Uh, the first match was Tenzan, Makabe, Tiger Mask, and Jado against Kojima, Hanma, Nakashima, and Loibe. Of course, the Young Lions took the loss here. This wasn't actually bad. Good fire from the Young Lions. And one little trivia note. Think about this one. As long as these guys have been wrestling, this was the first time that Jado and Tiger Mask have ever been teammates. And they shook hands, and it was actually a big spot because over the years, Ghetto and Jado, as the heels, have clashed with Tiger Mask and as host of partners over the years. But this is the first time Tiger Mask and Jado ever teamed up. So that was and a nice thing. And all it thing. took was a bacterial infection. <laughs> And, well, you know, sometimes those guys, uh, those little germs have a big effect. So uh, the next match was... Uh, Yano Hashi. Hiroshi and, yeah, and Toru uh, from the, the comic book. Or the comic book. Uh, the manga. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's not a comic book. It's a graphic novel. Uh, but they faced Taguchi and Yo. This was horrendous. Uh, this was a lot <laughs> of clowning with Yano and Taguchi, which was not funny. This match was really bad. 
pairing nut shots for the finish on Yano. It was eight minutes and one second. It was impossible for this match to be short enough. Next, we had TMDK against Chaos, uh, Okada, Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi uh, against Zack Sabre Jr., Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, Bad Dude Tito. Uh, this one got pretty darn good once everybody got loosened up. First few minutes were a little, you know, seemed like people were taking it easy, but then it seems like once everybody got stretched, it picked up, and it was a pretty good match. Ishii and Zack ended up isolated, and, uh, you know, that's some good stuff back and forth between the yeah. two of them. Zack ended up getting the win with a crucifix. New Japan loves a crucifix these days. Kind of a flash pin, as Ishii had been in control of that one. Moving on to the next, as we got to pick this up here, uh, we had... Uh, j- yes, okay. Uh, make sure I got the right one. Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and... Yeah. And Naito against Cobb, Okan, and Hanare. This was a win for United Empire this time. It was it was better than the first three matches on this show, but the finish was inevitable. I mean, Bushi was going to take the pin, and he did from Hanare. And, uh, but, you know, again, pretty good, but a preview tag. We, we've seen a couple of them now. LIJ, Yoda Suji and Hiromu Takahashi against Will Ospreay and Callum Newman. Nine minutes, 57 seconds. Suji and Will were in fourth gear here. You know that we're going to see fifth gear in Kobe. They were in fourth gear here and it looked pretty damn good. Some of this stuff looks real nice. And uh, Newman wrestles a bit like what he is, who is someone who's trying to work like Will Ospreay. And that's what it looks like. It looks like a guy who's trying to wrestle like Will Ospreay. My only thought on Newman, who's very, very fast running the ropes, Mm -hmm. but everything else is basically nothing you wouldn't see from a dozen other guys on the roster. Advice for Callum Newman, I understand why he wrestled like he wrestled. Next time, let's see more of him and not just a guy who's trying to do Will Ospreay moves. Sure, that's fair. There's Uh, a part of me that wonders if they're going to do Callum Newman, Speedball, Leo, and Hiromu in a four-way. I don't think Newman's. I still think Newman's just kind of here because the other two couldn't be. He's the guy to take uh, the loss. Yeah, could be, but uh, I don't think he's ready for that. I just don't think he's ready for that. And in the end, it ended up being uh, Hiroma with a time bomb on Newman, and he was treated like the guy that gets beat. He was treated like Bushi or that. Well, man on the totem pole for sure. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, House of Torture. Uh, Evil Yujiro Show and Dick Togo against just five guys. after that undercard, we had to sit through this. Uh, <laughs> 11 minutes and 43 seconds. Again, it was inevitable. Takamichi Noku's in it, so you know who's losing, really, especially because they're keeping all the heat on House of Torture. This is the one feud that has not gone back and forth in these tags. This has been House of Torture coming out on top, and they have, you know, Evil stolen the world title belt. Uh, Show has stolen the KOPW one. They're not giving it back. The, the champs are just looking weak as hell. And uh, it's not doing favors to Sonata, like I mentioned. But uh, this is another example right there was uh, Taka taking the pin. So that brings us to... Not with evil, but you know who control is ghetto for this next match. (laughs) We had the best of seven series match number one. Strong style, Minoru Suzuki, Ren Narita, and El Desperado against Nagata, Umino, and Wato. And uh, now we're talking because this one was pretty damn good. Uh, mm-hmm. They waited a little while to spill out into the crowd, which was nice. They didn't do it right away. Suzuki got the better of it once they did. So at this point, Suzuki and his gang were in charge for a while. And I here here's my notes on this one, Jeremy. It says Nagata sells a while. My next note, 
a long while. A long <laughs> time. A you long cannot people. hope to defeat Yuji Nagata on the night of Blue Junction. That's right. And Strong Style learned their lesson the long way. <laughs> the long way. It was a long beatdown on Yuji. But uh, eventually he made the tag to Wacho, who had a really good hot tag, by the way. He, that, that, he looked really good in this hot tag. Hit a nice tope con hero on uh, Desperado. Uh, they hit big moves on everybody, on each other, while everybody else recovered. Eventually ended up with Bren and Shota squaring off, and they did a whole bunch of big moves on one another, building to the finish. And again, it came down to Nagata and Suzuki, like I mentioned. Nagata is the hometown hero. He's the promoter. It's the Blue Justice show. It had to come down to these two. He, for a while, he was rallying to the point that he no-sold Suzuki penalty kicks. That got mm-hmm. a big pop out of the crowd right there. Ended up in a big, long slap battle between the two where they're just knocking each other in the head. And in the nice little bit of timing, Nagata hit the Exploder just as time expired. And the first match of the Best of Seven series goes to a 30-minute draw. So predictable. So predictable. <laughs> Everyone figured that Who out. Who would have thought, right? Yeah, a bit of a strange coming. thing. Like, I guess we'll see how this all turns out as they go uh, toward uh, the Red. We'll see another one uh, later on this week. I believe in this weekend is the show. Yeah, we got one on see. the 17th. We got another one of those matches. The next one that's going to be on NJPW World will be match number two of that series. And it's really the key match there of, of that show, uh, really. Yeah, so, I mean, again, we got another evil House of Torture versus just four guys match again. Yeah. Uh, we've got yet another of the United Empire, uh, and Will Ospreay and Hiromu in this one. We've got uh, the go back of the TMTK match that we just had on Blue Justice. And then uh, this should be something. The Yo, Hiroshi, and Yano versus Tiger Mask, Satoshi, Kojima. And uh, yeah, Ryo yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be talking about this show, and we will be prov- previewing Destruction and Kobe, because next week it'll only be a few days before that big show there and uh, Kobe World Hall, which has a couple of really good title matches mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to on it. So we will break that down in detail next week. Anything else from you, Jeremy, before we go? No, we can go over the 24th, what we know for those shows, but otherwise we can take it home. Uh, let's take it home now, and uh, we will be back next week. And, and for the folks listening, for the folks watching right here, uh, we really appreciate you uh, spending your time with us. We appreciate you watching us live, listening to us later, however you uh However you listen to or watch Speaking of Strong Style, we appreciate you. If we could just ask, if you know anyone that is into New Japan Pro Wrestling, just uh, you know, tell one friend about us here. Like, rate, review, share, subscribe. Do something. Really appreciate yeah, no, it. We, we advocate for us. We'll advocate for you for something. I don't know. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we love quid pro quo. <laughs> we love doing the show, and we appreciate you guys joining us. So with that in mind, for Jeremy Feinstone, I'm Stephen Conway. Thanks for another edition of Speaking of Strong Style, and we will talk to you again very soon.